whenever anybody stands on a platform or speaks into a microphone, um, there's always a dummy and countless other dummies um, behind all of that that goes on. So it's just great to show our appreciation to everyone who's served. Um, so thank you so much. And thank you for being here and making this amazing time together. But it's not over yet. So um, we're going to hear right now from Kofo. And then after that, we're going to break bread and worship together. God is good, isn't he? Uh, It's just so wonderful to be reminded again that God is for us. He's not against me. God is not against us. It's, It's so wonderful to be reminded again that God is faithful. We can rest on his promises. No matter what is happening. So wonderful. And I want to just thank God again for this weekend. For me, it's a significant weekend for us as a church because I believe God is catapulting us. God is launching us into another season that is going to be extraordinary because we'll be doing, we'll be launching into acts of, into a courageous heart that will baffle people. Why? Because we are going to allow God to just fulfill his promises. So today, uh, we're going to look at, uh, I'll summarize a bit of what we've been hearing from Saturday. And I'm going to try and define what is courage using Joshua chapter 1. And how do we make it happen? What are the issues? What are, sometimes there is a mindset that we've been, that is not really our fault, that we've been carrying all along to make us probably feel that we are not courageous enough. And some of those things are spiritual things. We're going to be looking at that also. And then we are going to see how Jesus was courageous. Wow, and I've got 45 minutes to do that. <laughs> Don't worry. We, we, we will go slowly, and wherever we stop, anywhere God takes us, we are going to, we are going to stop. So let's look at Joshua chapter 1. I'm sure you know the story of Joshua, who was the assistant of uh, Moses has been following Moses all along. Some people will say Moses discipled Joshua. And we all knew what happened with Moses and the children of Israel leading a massive congregation of over one million. And in Joshua chapter one, so I'm just going to read it down probably to to verse nine. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot. As I promised Moses, 
Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the, from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I saw to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the Lord always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Wow. I think the first thing that struck me in verse 1 was what the Lord said to Joshua. The Bible says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses is eight. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. Didn't Moses know that, didn't Joshua know that Moses died? Why was God reminding Joshua that, did you know that Moses died? Are you getting what I'm saying? Moses, Joshua knew that Moses died. God doesn't need to remind him again. I think that was something God was saying. And I think God is saying that to all of us. It's as if God is saying, my people, Billy Graham, has died. My people, Brinjos has died. My people, you might be holding on to the past. Graham Deacon has died. Some of us might be saying, John Lake, I like John Lake. Some of us in those days we read about Smith Wigglesworth from Bradford over there. Excuse me, Smith Wigglesworth is dead. It is your turn now. I think that's what God is saying. Thank God for everything they did. We said those people are courageous. Billy Graham will speak to multitudes. God is saying, yeah, thank you. I'm reminding you again, they've all died. It's your turn now. You are the one in charge now. Moses didn't fail me. Thank God for what they did. But it is your turn too. And I don't want you to fail me. So the first thing I discovered, and I did that when I got to Step in City when I was, as soon as God, I got to the department, I just said I'm in charge of this department now as God's ambassador. That was my territory. <laughs> so all my prayers, everything I did, I just knew that I'm God's ambassador at the Department of Physiotherapy, Stepping Hill Hospital. And I had to watch over it. We need to know that we are God's representative. 
Many times we call those people who have died. You are in charge. That's what God is saying. The next thing I saw, you, need, you know, God began to describe to Joshua, you know, you will lead these people to this river, Jordan, um, uh, to, to various territories, Lebanon, you know, great river, the Euphrates, as if God was talking to him about the giants, about the obstacles on the way. What I discovered is that when God is saying be courageous, actually what God meant is, what you are about to do for him, what you are about to achieve for God, is far, far greater than what we can imagine. Excuse me, because we are children of God, stop operating. You know, Richard gave a word yesterday that we need to move from what we are familiar with. We need to move away from what we could do by our ability. The Latin word for courage, core, means heart. Various Oxford Dictionary would define it as the ability to face something that is frightening or fear. That's not how I would define it. I would define courage as God's divine ability for me to do everything, for us to do everything and to achieve everything God has committed into our hearts irrespective of what that thing is. So God began to tell Joshua, I know you'll be afraid, and I know you, Joshua. You know, and that's what happens to many of, uh, sometimes, a lot of us. Do you know that Moses had a rod? Joshua doesn't have a rod. Joshua might be thinking, ah, <laughs> you are telling me I'm going to go to the river Jordan. If Moses was here, I would use his rod. I don't have a rod. Excuse me, let us stop using the techniques of people that God gave specific instruction. It's a new season. Let's enter into what God has spoken to us as the people of God. In those days, Smith Wigglesworth didn't see internet. There's a new season now. And the strategy, we need to get it from God. Can you see God giving his promises? Can you see God giving detailed description of what he wanted Joshua to do? And he now says, I know I've explained all these things to you, and you might be afraid. Do you know the next thing Joshua was afraid of? He knew that when Moses was leading the people, they were stubborn, they were rebellious. In fact, they were the people that made Moses not to enter. So he was already thinking, you mean these are the people I'm going to lead? <laughs> and I know that Moses was the meekest man on earth. What of me? Many times when we see the issues around us, in our nation, in our city, we are beginning to think that, ah, wow, this is so big. How is it going to happen? Are we strong enough to confront what we are saying, you know, sometimes when we are saying, Lord, let's march on, let's move on and conquer the city. We are going to see miracles. Sometimes we are saying, well, I've heard that so many times. We see it as quite big, as an obstacle that we can't overcome. God is saying, that's why I'm sending you. In fact, that's why you need to be courageous. I discovered that when God commissions 
people. When God gives people his people specific instruction, those instructions are never according to their ability. He gives them a greater instruction so that he gives them his divine ability for them to be able to overcome those things. Why? He is the Lord God of hosts. He is the champion of heaven. He sent all his resources to make those things happen. And that was what I saw with Joshua. And he kept saying to Joshua, and you know, I, <laughs> I imagine Joshua was discussing with God and said, ah, okay, but God, I, I, you've explained everything to me. You said I should be strong and courageous. I understand that. But did you remember that there were 12 of us that were sent to go and spy the land? And out of 12 of us, 10 people, they said we can't conquer the land. There are giants there. There are people we need to fight. But God was saying, don't worry. And I think that's the songs we sang today, it was as if God was reminding us, don't worry. I'm the champion of heaven. Rest in my promises. I'm a faithful God. I'm going to do it. And you are the one that is in charge, not Smith Wigglesworth. Not Graham Deacon. Thank God for what Graham Deacon did. Thank God Graham Deacon blessed me. Excuse me, Graham Deacon is dead. You are the one in charge now. I'm the one in charge now. And you are the one representing God wherever you are. So verse 6 says, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. The next thing I saw was that God gave Joshua a purpose. Hmm, are you understanding what I'm saying? He gave him the length, the breadth of what he wanted him to achieve. God, is, God speaks so clearly. Don't worry, when we get to the New Testament, I'll be interpreting that. He said, apart from all these things you will conquer, you will also lead these people. You are the, you are the leader. I want you to know that you are the leader. Then again, verse 7, it's, the Bible now says, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from me to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. The next thing I saw, remember the first thing I saw, God described to him everything, what he will achieve. They are bigger than him. The second thing I said, God told him was, you are going to actually lead the people to achieve this. The third thing that I discovered is that even to obey God's word, we need courage. <laughs> to even for the word of God, to, to, to dissolve in our hearts, which is core, to dissolve for us to accept it and embrace it and say like Daniel, if God saves us, we will not bow. Even if God doesn't save us, we will not bow. We need courage to accept it and to believe it and not to look around and if the word of God doesn't appear to be happening. Wow. When Richard and I went to Nigeria, to this Muslim area, Ketere, about six or seven years ago, we met the chief, the, the chief, the Muslim chief. And I remember Richard shook hand with him. And the guy was saying, we need this, we need this. And Richard gave a prophetic word. I don't know what Richard said. In fact, we've even forgotten. 
And the people in Nigeria held on to that word. We've even forgotten. There was no school. There was no bridge. There was no clean water. Six years later, they've got a school. They got a big bridge. They've got clean water. And the church is advancing in that area. In fact, there was a time the Muslim chief said, you people, I ban you from operating. I know you are spreading the gospel. And for six months, they stopped. But when they saw the bridge, the guy said, is this what you are doing? He actually gave them a massive land. Anything you want to do, go ahead and do it. And the pastor was reminding us that it was the word Richard gave six years ago. We've even forgotten. You know, you will say something by the courage God has given to you. You will even forget about it. And you will see many things happening. And I've seen a lot of people that God has brought to us. I don't know whether Donny is here. They, they were here, yes, so that you can see. Stand up, Donny. They were with us some years ago. She was with us some years ago. She got married. Her husband was with us. And the husband just speaks on a few things from the media team. Do you know that in his church in Nigeria, is the husband that is heading the media team of the church? And even up to now, he still speaks to Dave to learn some new things. I was a media thing that you would not think anything about. So he's blessing some other ministries around the world. Please don't let us underestimate. You might not see it. We might not know it. But God is working. It might look insignificant, but let's take courage to receive prophetic words that God has given to us. God said he has healed us. Let's, let's allow it to settle in our heart. Let's be courageous to hold it, whether we see it happening or not. So we need courage also to obey the word of God. And you know one thing I like? The Bible says, then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. The fourth thing, fear is a powerful thing. You know what, how I see fear? Every courage we have, once we allow fear to set in, it dissolves everything and makes us to look at our ability and stops us from looking at God's divine ability. It makes us to look at the problem. You say, me. I was born in Bradford. I've been praying for the sick. I've not seen anybody got ill for over three years. And you are asking me to be courageous. Please leave that. <laughs> no. We still believe that God will still do what he says. So that's my definition. So what's my definition of courage? God's divine and supernatural and extraordinary ability inside us for us to achieve and for us to achieve his purpose with all our heart involved in it. It means we believe God that is going to do it. And every time, that purpose is always greater than us. Is that okay? Yeah. Now let's move to the New Testament. Ephesians. <laughs> I know you all like Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4. 
because of time, I'm just going to peruse and then just read through it and concentrate on few things. Then I want to, I want to talk about how Jesus was courageous. What did he do? <laughs> you know, when we read Philippians, one thing that I, when Richard was reading Philippians on Saturday, and he was reading verse 1 and 2, you see Paul writing to, in, in Philippi, the Bible says, to God's holy people. In the book of Ephesians, to the people in Ephesus, it also says, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. Hmm. How do I say this now? Please, we need to take courage that we are God's holy people. <laughs> that sets us apart. It's not because of what you are doing or what you are not doing. It's God's free gift. It's the gift of righteousness. You don't work for it. All you need to do is accept it. So, Ephesians chapter 4 now says, As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient. Bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. So you can see God in everything. Verse 7. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. What is the next thing I want to say? I want to talk about grace. There is no child of God that doesn't have grace. Please stop saying to yourself, I don't have grace to do something. The grace of God, the Bible says, unto every one of us. So, should I use my diction? There is no graceless Christian. There is no graceless child of God. God cannot shower his love on you and not give you grace. Is that settled, please? Grace is not just given to the apostles. It's not just given to pastors. Every child of God, we have grace. We have courage. We can be strong to achieve something for God. And what is grace? God's divine ability for me to do what I cannot do by my own energy. That's grace. So Paul will say, I achieve all these things by the grace of God. He will keep saying that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He will keep saying, I am whom I am by God's grace. You think I'm the one doing all these things? It's God's grace. Oh. There is God's divine ability in everybody seated here to achieve great things for God. You may not know it, but it's there. What is the next thing? It now says, this is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives. Please read the next one. And gave gifts to apostles. Is that what the Bible says? To prophets, to evangelists. 
Every Christian, we have God's grace. Every child of God has God's gift. You may not know it, but the gift of God is inside you. So when God is saying be courageous, honestly, God is not saying it from not equipping us. <laughs> and he's not saying it from our energy, from what we can see. He's saying it from his divine nature. From, how do I say this now? From what he could accomplish. Because he can do exceedingly, abundantly, above what you ask or think. That is God. So I discovered that every child of God has a gift. So in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 6, Paul was reminding Timothy. He said, I'm reminding you again to stir up the gift that is inside you. I did an experiment for the USMM student. How many USMM students were here last year? Please stand up, let, let them see you. So that you can confirm my experiment. Thank you. Take your seat. If you still want to apply for USMM, I think it's still possible to. Oh, we are very nearly full. You have to be very quick by Tuesday and make your decision. So, you know what I did? I got a cup of cold, uh, a cup of water without sugar in it. I got another cup of water with sugar, plenty of sugar in it, but not stirred. So I asked somebody to come out and drink it. Isn't it? The guy drank it and said there was no difference. There is no difference between somebody who doesn't have the gift of God and somebody who has the gift of God but not stirred. Stir up the gift that is in you. So even if it appears as if it's not working, it's there. What God is saying is stir be courageous to steer it. Move out from your familiar, your, you know that habit that is familiar to you. You need to shake. You need to shake. You need to shake it. So he now began to say that in verse 11. So Christ gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service. So whether the evangelist or his people, they are meant to be working. The courage we have is not meant for us to say, <laughs> thank God I have God's courage. <laughs> I'm courageous. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm just courageous. I'm courageous. No. Put it to work. <laughs> Courage that you have inside you will not do anything if you sit down with it. You must find a place to discharge it. So we have to be looking for God. Where do I need to be courageous? Is it in my community? When we moved to our street, my wife and myself, we said... We are the ambassador in this street. This is our territory. <laughs> so when I keep saying to Richard and Dave, honestly, ask Richard, there was a time when we were supposed to fly to Cabinda. And they just gave us this small plane. 
that can just take three people. And you know, sometimes we just have to squeeze inside it. So I said, this is my territory. We're going to get a bigger plane for the same price. We got, this, we got a bigger plane. <laughs> I was courageous to speak. <laughs> so, let's look at the disciples. And I will end with Jesus. Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. Jesus called his 12 disciples. Those people are learning from him. Those people whom he had called. Those people whom he, he, he was investing in. It appears as if Jesus was saying, look, you are my only people. You are the one I trust. You are the one that can bear with me. And I think that's what God is saying to us this weekend. So when he called them, did you see what he did? He gave them many translations. Some translations use the word authority. Some translations use the word power. Please permit me to use the word power. So I've talked about grace. I've talked about gifts. And I'm talking about power. He gave them power to drive out impure spirits or unclean spirit and to heal every disease and sickness. Wow. He knew that by their ability, they won't be able to do all this. So what did he do? He gave them power. But when you notice verse 10, the power is for a purpose. <laughs> Are you noticing that? God doesn't give us power to say, oh, I just feel powerful. I just feel powerful. I'm powerful. Every power that God releases and is asking us to be courageous is to achieve something. It's not, it's, how do I say this now? It's not for us to now enjoy it. It's not for us to boast about it. It's not for us to say, look, no matter what you say, God's promises are yes and amen. I'm powerful. It's not for us even to be talking about it. It's for us to, you see what I call, engage the power of God. The power of God is meant to be engaged for a purpose. And you will notice the other thing I notice. If you, the other thing I notice in that verse is that the power of God is sufficient to deal with every impure spirit and every disease and every sickness. The power of God is not fifty percent sufficient to deal with sickness. So that we will now do something and then use a bit of our power to help God to deal with that sickness. Uh-uh. He gave them power that is sufficient, but they need to engage it. They need to allow it to flow from them to make it happen. Hmm, are you following me? So you will now notice the next verse. He began to call their names, Simon and all those things. 
So what do I need to say now? We are the ones that regulate power rate and power flow in order to make things happen. Power is not, is not the problem of God. Power to deal with every situation we encounter in life, God has given it to us. And it's not because we are, how do I say this now? <laughs> to make it happen, it's not because we are holy. Hmm. It is not because we are even praying. Hmm. This is a bit difficult. It is not because we are fasting. It's God's grace. It's a gift. Our prayer makes us to connect with God. Makes us to believe God. Makes us to trust God. But healing is grace. It's not your power. It's not based on your age. It is not even based on whether you are an expert or not. So many times we say, look, I know you are sick. I'll take you to Richard and Judith. We see some people as super pastors and super apostles. Mm -mm. He gave them power. Do you know that Judas Iscariot, who was going to betray him, he gave him power? That's to show that his grace. Do you know that Thomas, who all along was, didn't really believe, you know, he was saying that, I will see where this will land. I will follow you a bit. But I don't believe you, Jesus. All these things you are doing. Jesus still gave him power. Do you see that it doesn't be this power I'm talking about that will deal with everything that Jesus has commissioned us to do is not based on our ability, on our reasoning, on our logic. It's based on the power of God. And the power of God flows as we engage that power and we put it to use. Hmm. What is the third thing I'm noticing from that verse one alone? The power didn't originate from me. The power didn't originate from any of us. The power comes from the champion of heaven. So he is faithful to his word. So, you know, I don't know whether we have seen, there was a time, you know these two carriage buses, you've seen these two carriage buses, those long buses, powerful. I saw a small boy driving this long, powerful bus. So I was thinking, ah, how is this small boy able to drive this long Powerful boss. You know the secret? Power steering. <laughs> All he needs to do is just do this. It's not his power. That's what God is saying. What he's asking us to be courageous about is beyond you. All he's just asking you is engage it. There is power steering <laughs> beyond you that you don't see. 
It's not based on age. It's not based on size. Sometimes we think it's when we are shouting, yes, be healed, be healed. It's not based on shouting. Even if you say be healed. Because it doesn't come from us. You know, a woman came to Jesus and said, Jesus, my daughter, the woman is a Canaanite woman, I think Matthew chapter 15, and said, Jesus, my daughter is possessed with the evil spirit. Please come and cast the evil spirit out. And Jesus was saying, I am sent to the lost sheep of Israel. I cannot give the children's bread to dog. The woman said, yes, sir, I know you are right. But even crumbs from the children's bread, they fall to the ground. And Jesus said, wow, you agreed with that? Great is your faith. Jesus didn't pray. He was just using the words of encouragement. Woman, great is your faith. And the Bible says, at that instant, the evil spirit led the girl. I was thinking, Jesus would say, in Jesus' name, I cast you out. Words of encouragement. What has great is your faith got to do with the evil? He wasn't even talking to the evil spirit. He was talking to the woman. I'm encouraging you, great is your faith. And the evil spirit left immediately. It's not based on our techniques. It's not based on how, how strong we can pray. And we're saying, the fire from heaven, fire and fire. Oh, heal, be healed. It doesn't need it's not based on that. Whether you say that, I'm not saying, some of us will like to do that, do that. Youthful exuberance. But it's not based on that. It's based on God's power. And he's saying be courageous. Just be like that driver who has the understanding that there is power steering. I can move 600 pounds bus and it will follow wherever I go. Now, verse 5 says, This 12 Jesus sent out. I'm beginning to see the secret. For power to be useful, to achieve what is being sent to do, you have to be sent. We must move. You know, yesterday there were words that came out about movement that uh, Rian gave. Richard talked about moving from our familiar territory. It's all about movement from what is familiar to us. For power to be useful, to achieve its purpose, we must engage it by movement. So when he sent them out, he gave them the following instruction. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost ship of Israel as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons. Freely you have received. Freely you have freely give. Two things I want to bring out from that. Uh-uh. The first thing he told them is, do not. These are people that have been given power to just do anything in his name. He's saying, do not go. You know the first thing I want to say? These are the people that were fed the whole world. Sometimes we need to start from, sometimes some of us, we have big vision to win the whole world for Christ. I think that's fantastic. 
Start from your corner. <laughs> Do not start to say that, oh, the old world. You say, start from your city. Go to the lordship of Israel. There are people around you who need your power. Start from there. It could be from your family. It could be from your uncles or cousins. Start from there. But at least not the 12 disciples later, when they received the power of the Holy Spirit, he told them, you'll be my witnesses. Within three years, he told them, you'll be my witnesses all over the world. So I discovered there is a season. Can you see he gave Joshua dimension of what he wanted him to do? He also gave the disciples, for now, do this around this time. We need courage to obey the word of God, to obey what he has given to us. As you see me, that I operate in the, in the gift, I mean, with the gift of being a pastor, I don't dabble into Richard's apostolic gifting. I know my limit. And I honor him. I respect what God is using him to do. When it comes to Judith, but there are times I'll say, well, Judith, I need your wisdom in this. Don't let us pretend that we know everything. That's what God is saying. Even Jesus said, I am sent to the Lordship of Israel. That's the Savior of the world within that time. So let's know what God has commissioned us to do. And let's give, let's engage, let's move and do what he has told us to do. What is the second thing I noticed in that Bible passage? It appears to me that the preaching of the gospel, when we want to see spiritual manifestation, there is also a link, a connection to, to being healed, being made whole in the body. I discovered that the gospel is tied closely. God is after our spirit, our soul, and our body. <coughs> As we go preaching the gospel, don't let us forget that we've got the power to heal people's sickness, sicknesses and diseases tied together. I like that. Did you say it says, as you go and you are preaching, heal the sick. You have the power to heal the sick. How do I want to end? I want to end this message. I'm going to ask my friend, Yanni, that I call every time, to come up and help me. Mark chapter 16. Where's my friend? <laughs> I know I trouble him every time. Yes. Thank you. Mark chapter 16. Oh dear. You see, I just bought this Bible. <laughs> Can somebody borrow me? Can you borrow me your Bible? It doesn't have the, what I want to talk about. Thank, thank you. Thank you. I can't believe this. It's the recent NIV Bible. It's not the old one, the recent one. So it says the earliest manuscripts 
and some other ancient witnesses do not have verses 9 to, to 20. Well, I've got one. Thank you. I, I, I will use it. I think this has, so this one doesn't have verses 9 to 20. I'm sorry. And this one too. <laughs> no, I need NIV. Yes. Oh, dear. Uh, why, why do they omit uh, verses 9 to 20? Oh, dear. <clears throat> I hope I, I'm courageous enough to borrow somebody's Bible. Uh, so it says, uh, where did they say this sign? Is? Ah, Emma, yours too. Do I need the King James Version? Verse 15. I'm looking for verse 15. Oh, okay. Verse 15. Oh, yeah, it's there. Sorry. I need to be strong to read the Bible now. But it's in small italic letter. So please forgive me. Just please, let's follow this. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs we follow, we accompany those who believe in my name, all of us. He says, in my name they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on people who are healed or people who are sick and they will get well. The first part of verse 17, and these signs will follow those who believe. Please look at what, two things I want to say before I finish. The only thing I need to do for the power of God to flow is for me to do what? Signs and wonder, follow me. As soon as I stand still, what happens to signs and wonders? For one month. <laughs> then if I move a little bit, it will follow me. And I stop. So every time I saw Jesus, he would say, I must go to Samaria also. He would leave Galilee and say, well, I need to go to the other town. You know why? If he stopped, power will stop. You need to move. That's the first thing. Power is released when we move. That's why he says we are sent people. So when we say we are apostolic people, we know what you are saying. For us to see the power of God, for us to see how strong we are in the Lord, for us to see extraordinary miracles, we've got to move. We are sent people. And we need courage to know that we are sent. It's not when we are sitting. What's the next thing? We are not supposed to face signs. Do you see what is happening? We are not supposed to be running after signs and wonders. Immediately, you face signs and wonders. What does it do? We are not meant. You see, that's what happens. When it's all about me, I'm saying, I want signs, I want wonders, and he does this. What happens to signs and wonders? 
Because he's supposed to follow me. Thank you. It's not about us. Power f- stops when we start facing signs and wonders. Let's use the power of God to read the Bible, to study the Word, to pray, to fast, you know, to prepare ourselves. But the Bible says, He, God, who sits in the closet, He will reward you how? Openly, not in the secret. Power of God flows when we are moving. Not when we are facing signs and wonders. I believe God is, has said so many things to us this weekend. All I want to say is, let's keep moving. Let's be courageous to keep moving. When God is saying to us, be courageous, why he's saying that is because what he wants you to achieve, you can't achieve it by your power, but he has given you his grace, his gifts. It's not dependent on your holiness, on your power. It's not by power or might. It's not by shouting. It's not by jumping. Please, let's jump. All those things are good. It's not by techniques. It's just for us to say, Lord God, I'm there. I'm courageous. (laughs) 